Come on, clap your hands, everybody. Come on. Hi, I'm Henry Davis, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Highland Park in Landover, Maryland, a Bible-believing, Christ-centered, and Spirit-led congregation. I want to welcome you to our radio broadcast. And remember, there's power at the park. We turn in our Bibles to the fifth chapter of the Gospel according to St. Mark. I'm reading a longer passage this morning. I will read down through 13, then I'm going to drop down to 18 and read through 20. Verse 1, New Living Translation. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region the Gerasenes, when Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, he was often as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him bowed low before him with a shriek he screamed why are you interfering with me Jesus son of man most high God in the name of God I beg you don't torture me Jesus had already said to the spirit come out of the man you evil spirit then Jesus demanded what is your name and he replied my name is Legion because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirits, plural, begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs. The spirits begged, they begged. So Jesus gave them permission. Evil spirits came out of the man, entered the pigs, and the herd of, of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. Drop down to verse 18. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim 
the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Amen. The words of God for the people of God. Blessed be the name of God. I want to come back. Verse number 8. Mark chapter 5. Verse number 8. Is where we look. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Come out, come out wherever you are. Come out of the man. Come out, come out. And there is that sense of rebuke. But that voice is a voice of God. Do you hear me? I told you to come out. Do you hear me? Talked some last night about how we need to hear, but then how we need to respond. It's one thing for me to have the articulation, but it's another thing for me to have demonstration. One thing for me to hear something as a concept Another thing for me to act it out. Do you hear me? That could be a parent talking to you. That could be a teacher. That could be a coach. Do you hear me? One of the pitiful games that I played as a high school player was a preseason football game. I was, I was one of the defensive backs on this particular Monday afternoon scrimmage. I still remember the game because of how pitifully we played. It was a pitiful, it was a pitiful afternoon. Matter of fact, at the end of the day, the opposing team had scored 67 points. And as they had scored those points, I tried to say, Reverend Williams, that it wasn't my man. <laughs> Our coach said that did not wash with him. We are a team. And if it is that 67 points were scored on us, everyone on the defense is responsible. All of us. I said, none of, my, none of the people I was guarding scored a touchdown. But the coach said, we're not asking about you as an individual because you as an individual are not going to win the game. We need to work as a team. Do you hear me? You have to understand that during that particular era, Coaches had no problems putting their hands on the players. Sometimes our coach, who would talk to us in a, in a uplifted way, he would grab our face mask. And as he would talk to us, he would shake the face mask. You can see us as high school students 
with shaking faces that he was doing it because he wanted us to hear him. Wanted us not just to realize the X's and the O's and understanding the playbook and responsibility. But we wanted us to get that lesson in a as deep a way as possible. That segues me to this text in Mark chapter 5. This is an interesting passage that is taking place. Of course, we do know that this man is demon-possessed. Dr. Hawkins will talk more about that in a few moments. Legion, what is his name? as he looked at all of the ways that demonic things can take over one's life. But I believe that this, this text teaches us some powerful lessons, powerful lessons that are going on, because you have to realize that they had just come across the sea. You do know that in chapter 4, that they were out there on the sea, of Galilee, and all of a sudden, it had become a storm, and they had to go down and wake up Jesus. That's a deeper discussion of this because somebody is already looking at me today, said, I thought we serve a God who never slumbers and he never sleeps. Different message. But you look at the abilities of God, even as Jesus is sleeping, God is awake. Holy Spirit is alive. So there is that sense of where to go when we need help. That brings us to chapter 5. We've just come off of our time. Matter of fact, sometimes it's interesting because in this audience, some of you have gone on cruise ships. Typically, when you dock, there will be somebody there to meet you, somebody to transport you. Perhaps you have, and again, and it's always a joyful group who will meet you at the conclusion of your trip. Well, they're getting ready to be met at the conclusion of their trip. One, they could have been excited about the very fact that we made it from one side to another. The other could be the question, why did Jesus have us out there on the sea and have us to deal with turbulence? But whatever the case, it could be the relief of making it to the other side, the joy of making it to the other side. But one thing that they do not expect is to be met by a person who could not have been controlled in any other setting. In other words, who wants to be picked up and met by a crazy man? Yeah, you just got off. You're get, just getting off. You're, you're, you're having that moment in which you can exhale. But then as they come off that boat with Jesus, all of a sudden there is one who meets them. But here's my first point this morning. Focus your attention on the spirit in the person and not the person. We deal with evil spirits. 
I know you don't like them. I know you're not looking forward to seeing them tomorrow. If it is that you've got to make your way to work. But I'm not going to focus my attention on the person. I'm going to focus my attention on the spirit. Everybody needs Jesus. Do I need to say that again? Everybody needs Jesus. The Bible says, Justin, why that be wide? Every knee has to bow. Every tongue has to confess. Do you hear me? That's what's happening. This dialogue, something is taking place in this setting. This man who has, who has acted real crazy. He has done some crazy things. No one could control him. But we thank God, you think no one can control him. Matter of fact, if we were to peruse this room this morning and those who are watching online and look at where God has brought us from. Hallelujah. We've come a long way, baby. My God, there were some of us... At one time, getting up early in the morning and making your way to church was the furthest thing from your mind. Look at God. As he's gotten you up another morning, rising, shining, giving God the glory, pressing my way into worship. Into worship, and you didn't have to drag me in here. You did not have to make me come. I came willingly. I need a word. I need something to help me to navigate what's around the corner. What is it in my valley experience that I'm dealing with? What kind of sickness? What kind of diagnosis? What kind of darkness? Everybody needs Jesus. That's the backdrop. And of course, Jesus, as he is able to have this dialogue, and to looking at this individual who was dealing with whatever he is dealing with. And then Jesus says, Jesus says to the spirit, come out of the man. Come out. I need for you to come out. I'm, 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 and, and Jesus demanded, what is your name? I want to know your name. I want to know who you are. You have to realize when we come into realization of who we are and whose we are. We need to know, we need to know our name. We need to know what, what God has placed within us. Whatever unique gifts that God has deposited in our spirit. How God has been able to bring you to this particular point, not by accident, but by his divine providence understanding that you have been in low places, but God has thrown out lifelines and has helped you to get from that low place to where I am today. Do you hear me? I need you to, I need my, I, do you hear me? Jesus is having that dialogue, having that discussion. And that's my second point. Despite his wildness and evil, this man, still knows that he needs to make a trip to see Jesus. This man, no matter how wild he was, no matter how evil he was, this man still knows that he needs to make a trip to see Jesus. 
Well, if it is that Jesus is talking to the spirit, an evil spirit, even the evil spirits recognize God. Do you hear me? Even those who are evil realize that there is something different about you. Something's got a hold of your life. Let's, let's back up. Look at those verses of scripture. It says, here it is, that this man, they arrive other side of the lake. And here it is, they find this man. Then Jesus climbs out of the boat and a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. You need to understand this sight as they get out of the boat. Because if you read this text and do a deeper dive into it, this man has no clothes on. Now, you are met by a crazy man. Now you're met by a crazy man in his birthday suit. Here he is. You know he's crazy. Standing there, undressed. He came out of the tombs. And he lived in a burial cave could no longer be restrained. Even the chains couldn't hold him. And when they put him in chains, he had supernatural power, almost like a marvel, and he would break the chains, break the shackles, snap the chains from his wrists, smash the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. But Jesus, no matter what was going on, he still, in all of his wildness, in all of his evil, he's there to meet Jesus. Day and night, it says that he was wandering, wandered among the burial caves in the hills, he howling like a dog, cutting himself, sharp stones. This man is crazy. But he presses his way. As wild and evil, but you have to ask this question, Gary. What is it that draws him to that seashore? There's something, there's something drawing him. Because there is, there is the battle between spirit and flesh. Spirit and flesh. Spirit and flesh. They're, they're, the, the flesh side says, I got to make it to Jesus. Because I, I'm wrestling with this thing. And, 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 and I, don't know what, I don't know what it is, but they could not restrain him. And yet he makes it to this moment to see Jesus face to face. Some of you got to, some of you got to wonder, how did you ever make it to Christ? How did you make it? How, 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 how? Everybody does not have that story that... You were raised in Sunday school and you came to church. That, that's, not, that's not everybody's story. And, and, and even if it was some of our stories, we could have come, but our body was there, but our mind was somewhere else. Look at us now, years later, pressing the fast forward button, pressing our way to worship. And I need a word. I need, matter of fact, I need a Rima word. I, I need for God, I need, I need, this, need for you to speak into my life, into my situation. I give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Do you hear me? I'm pressing my way. 
I'm leaning and depending on God, this crazy brother. And I, I, got, I got the blackening because I see him as a brother. Yeah, I'm, I'm a blacking him up now. I'm, I'm blacking It's one brother to another brother because you know Jesus was a brother too. Amen. This, this, this was brother talk. And brother man had to call, talk to another brother man because then he realized there was a Negro from Nazareth who was on his way to Calvary and where another brother was going to say, let me have that. I'll, I'll carry the cross. Simon the Cyrene, you know, that's another brother. He said, one brother helping another brother get up the hill. But Jesus said, when I get up to the top of the hill, I got to take this thing myself. Let's back up and let's leave this, this crazy brother. He's been breaking chains. Only a brother could have been doing that. I mean, he's breaking chains, snapping the shackles, and here he is standing there in his birthday suit seeing Jesus, howling in the hills. Matter of fact, they thought he had no sense at all. They thought, but here he is standing there now talking to Jesus. Jesus was, was a long way off. Verse 6 says, the man saw him, ran to meet him. He's crazy, I thought. But then when he gets to him, verse 6 says he bowed low. Then, with a shriek, yells out, why are you interfering with me, Jesus? Son of Most High God, name of Jesus, I beg you, don't torture me. I didn't come looking for you. I just got off the boat. Now, how is it that this man comes to Jesus and talk about how Jesus is interfering with him and Jesus was not with him? The reason why he would have that conversation is because God is everywhere. Ooh. There's something going on here. He said, he said, why are you interfering with me? Because when you're in that evil spirit, that the spirit of God is still going to reign supreme. Saw Jesus long way off. Why are you interfering with me? Jesus, I'm, no, I'm not, no, 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 no. I'm not, it's not interfering. And see, Jesus realizes who the conversation is really with. It's not with the man. It's what's inside of the man. I wish I had a witness in here. It's not you. It's what is inside of you. That's the tension in the text. What's, what's, what's inside of you? What's inside of you? What is driving you? What is the very thing that gives you the sense of energy, enthusiasm to go from one day to the next? Do you hear me? You need to hear. God, he said, I, I beg you, don't, don't torture me. But understand, as he's having this conversation, he's bowed low. There's a lot of contradiction in this text. One thing, tell me, why are you interfering with me? Normally, if you were having that conversation, you stand and you look somebody in the face. But this scripture says he bows low. There's a warring in the body. 
The same warring that might have been going on then is the same war that can go on right now with you. Paul said the good that I would do. Evil is all around me. Do I have a witness? I'm in, I'm in, that, in, I'm in that betwixt and between position. I'm trying to do right, but there's something pulling me to do wrong. Come on, somebody. And I thank God that we can be here today and we can celebrate that God has brought us where we are in spite of us. As wild and crazy as he was, he still makes it to Jesus. Good God Almighty. He's still bowing low. Even the evil one knows to bow. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus said, Jesus said we can, we, we, just a little talk with Jesus can make everything all right. Shriek, scream, why are you interfering with me? Then under, he knows who Jesus is. Jesus, son of the most high God, in the name of God, I beg you. He calls Jesus by name. He's not, he's not trying to figure out who Jesus is. He knows who Jesus is. Oh, come on, somebody. He can calm the sea. Uh, take a lame man, make him walk. Blind man now can see. I, I, know, I know who you is. That's why I'm here. Because I know who you are. And I'm coming. And, then, and, I'm, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I need you to get whatever is in me out of me. And Jesus said, come out of the man, you evil spirit. And then tell me, what's your name? My name is Legion. Let me tell you, let me cut across the field just, just a bit because the third thing I need to share with you is that after one's transformation, it is then time to share that good news with others. What happens in this text? The evil spirit does come out, but the evil spirit really thought that really did not see happening what was getting ready to happen. What Jesus does, he says, I'm going to take out that spirit and we're going to place it in some pigs. Whole other discussion for the persons who say, I don't, I don't eat swine. Those pigs, kid, were dead. Amen. It says, the scripture says they ran off the side and they ran into the plunge into the water and they drowned. That's it for that group. So, so it is not, it is not there as a permanent declaration against swine. Now, whole different discussion. We could talk about health and the salt factor and the sodium that is in pork. I made a decision when I got to a certain age. I said, no more. I, 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 I now enjoy the memories. And boy, what memories I had. Bacon on Sunday morning. Chitlins and hog mog, spare ribs. I can live on the memories. I had enough. I'm grateful to be here. But I, am, but I can say that what the evil spirit really thought he could do, the evil spirit, Kennedy, I want you to catch this, what the evil spirit thought, sent because the, the spirit defined where they wanted to be sent. What they did not see happening is that those, those pigs that heard would die. 
what he really saw, Frank, was this. You send us into those pigs, and those pigs are going to turn on Jesus. Ah, do you hear me? Oh, you're not going to make that turn, baby. Uh, we, you, you, de- devil can have his plans, but God has plans. And so they said, send us there. See, sometimes, sometimes I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to paint the picture, to trying to paint the picture. We, we, we want to be sent places where we can be productive. No one is asking for a promotion to a place where you don't want to go. <laughs> Come on, somebody. You're not going down to the, to the, to, to the HR to my, I, I want to transfer, and you're going to transfer to a place that before I get there, I know I'm not going to like it. That's why I'm getting the transfer. I'm getting the transfer because I'm in a place now that I don't like. And so the same kind of concept is right here. They say, send us there. But what they don't see happening is that the Lord is going to take over. Again, what happens, again, takes that evil spirits come out of him. And again, the swine runs over uh, the side of the cliff, runs it down, kills himself. That's, that's the end of the story. Then the man, that's where, that's, that's where, that's where it, it, it really, it, it really gets good when you look at what happens in, in, in this transformation. This, this, this same individual who was crazy in the beginning of chapter five, all of a sudden there is something different about him. Matter of fact, not only is there something different about him, something moving in his spirit. And matter of fact, the people were, are, so, are so blown away that they are asking Jesus to leave. Verse 17, I did not read it, but they pleaded, Jesus, go away, leave them alone. We don't want you around. You don't need this kind of attention. But then, right here in the, in the text, the man who was at one time real crazy, demon-possessed, he says to Jesus, he begged to go. Jesus said, no. Do you hear me? I don't need you to go with me. I need you to go home. And the reason why I need you to go home is because they, because home is a place you haven't been in a while. And matter of fact, the folk in your family probably have disowned you. I wish I had a witness here. Last time we saw him, he was stealing our TV. Last time we saw him, he was messing up the family reunion. Last time we saw him, he was disgracing our name. Do you hear me? He said, I don't need you to go with me. Your most powerful witness is not sitting on the boat with me. But your most powerful witness is if you go home. Your most powerful witness is not simply your being in church. Your most powerful witness is going to take place after the benediction. When you go home. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me just put a little quarter in the meter. Years ago, first church I pastored, we, we were doing evangelism. And I, I, said to us, I said to our leaders, I said, let's start with our homes. Let's, go, let's, go, let's, let's do some home evangelism. One of, our, one of our top leaders went to his home. That's a very interesting trip because I had seen his wife periodically. 
And every time I'd seen her, I, it, it just something just wasn't coming together. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know what the dynamic was, but, but I, I, earned, I went to the home, met the daughters, met the wife. And again, I saw the wife periodically. I mean, uh, periodically she would show up in church, and, and, and when she showed up, it usually would catch your attention. Uh, usually would catch your attention. Sometimes she'd come to church, it might be with house slippers on. Uh, another time come to church, it would be hairnet. Another time come to church with rollers still in the hair. I don't quite, didn't, didn't, wasn't, wasn't quite clicking until then I went to the home, met the daughters. It's interesting because the daughters didn't come to church at all. I said, this is one of my main leaders and, and I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at these, these uh, grown, grown folk and, and we don't come. And I, like, so I'm here trying to do evangelism. They said, we don't come because of him. Because if he is the representation of what's going on there, I wish I had a witness here. You have to represent the God who you serve and you need to do it at home. You can praise the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. But do I see your witness on your job? Do I see your witness in your home? Do I see your witness when you're out on the street and somebody cuts you off? I need for you, do you hear me? I need for you to go home. Go home to your family. Tell them everything the Lord has done for you. Hallelujah. I I don't don't need for you to get on the boat. I don't need you, you to sit around me. You, you, you've come with me, but I, 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 want, I, I have poured into you now, and now I, take, I want you to take what I've poured into you and make a difference in your home. I'm through Highland Park. Have a great morning. We're going we're gonna to enjoy breakfast in a few minutes. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul got the, do you hear me? I got to bless the Lord at all times. Lift up your hands. Throw back your head. And give God glory. Do you hear me? I will. I will. I will. Praise his name. He put clapping in my hands. Running in my feet. Joy in my heart. Do you hear me? I will. Lift up my hands. I will throw back my head. I'll give God the glory. Can't nobody. I said nobody. Do me like the Lord. Say yes. Say yes. And it's all right. Do you hear me? I hear you, God. And you said, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come on, clap your hands, everybody. You've been listening to the radio broadcast of the First Baptist Church of Highland Park and Landover, Maryland. If you want to receive a CD or DVD of what you have just heard, please call 301-773-6655 or visit us on the World Wide Web fbhp.org and remember there's power 
at the park. I'm working on